What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Shit's getting way too complicated for me. The yeah. Bob Seska Show. Former Nation's Capital, it is Tuesday, June 20, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello there, I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 881 of the Biden-Harris administration, 504 days until the 24th presidential election, vacation just around the corner. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, blue sky Bob Seska, I think TikTok, Bob Seska too. I think you get the naming scheme. Also, the Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. Back from vacation, Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Burbank. 37. You said it all. Welcome. Hey, only, only Buzz 37. Burbank. Just 37? I was expecting 3,700 charges. <laughs> Hi. So yeah. Great to oh, have you back. I could. Yeah, it's great to be back, and I'm looking forward to vacation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it was a great vacation. Uh, again, the introductions since I've been away. Uh, he's Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm Buzz. Or, as Fox News calls us, wannabe dictators. <laughs> Fire that guy. They did. Yeah. Uh, wow, things were crazy while I was gone, weren't they? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I understand uh, several prominent Republicans were injured. When they fell off the Trump bandwagon, so <laughs> that's wish them well. very true. Uh, Trump's getting desperate himself. Mm. Uh, he, he's promised that if elected, he'll give Americans a whole year of festivals and celebrations. <laughs> but if he goes to jail, it'll still be a year of festivals and celebrations. Yeah. See how that works. Uh, there's a debate underway here in Florida now. Seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, whether to pronounce the first syllable of the governor's name as D or de. Uh, D or de. Mm-hmm. Actual newspaper headline here. Is it D or de? Oh, God. It's de. Mm-hmm. De. Ron de fascist. <laughs> That's the correct uh-huh. pronunciation. Sure. Uh, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, uh, as you know, uh, probably, are, are offering a pile of money hmm. uh, to get a doctor to debate anti-vaxxer RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. They should be paying the doctor to treat the three of them. <laughs> right? 100% true, yes. Uh, the Saudi government is facing multiple investigations now for uh-huh. its attempted takeover of pro-golf. Yeah. But uh, bad news, the, the Saudis don't plan to stop there. Now they're going after pickleball. <laughs> we used to play that in high school, and now it's don't, a big deal. It's crazy how things come don't, back. Don't yeah. touch our pickleballs. <laughs> 
Uh, and, and finally, uh, Republicans say their star witness accusing Joe Biden of taking a bribe has uh, died. Uh. Apparently, he was electrocuted while rewiring Hunter Biden's laptop. More Show. All right, kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike. Listen yeah. to this, yeah. We caught him that Trump. He came back out. Because we love our country, baby. Why can't they see? He's crooked and shady. If we don't believe a word he says We can't go on together With seditious crimes And we can't run our country With seditious crimes <laughs> Call him the Trump Rocky Mountain go. Mike. Wow. Thank you to Rocky Mountain Mike for filling in for me last week. Great yes. job. I, I'm sorry that you uh, didn't do a monologue because you're very funny, and I enjoy your jokes very much. And you did, you did get off some good ones during the show. So That's true. Congratulations on that. But what Rocky Mountain Mike really did last week uh-huh. was, was bring a great new song. Uh, it's based on uh, James Taylor's Shower of the People, and I'm still not clear on the title, but it's about the documents in the shower at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, it's just incredible, and, and you should consider playing it again, Bob, because at some point, because uh, that was truly, truly great. And uh, again, thanks to Mike <laughs> for filling in. Well, how about this? More fun, yeah. more music, the Bob Seska Show. Let's do another one. Play yeah. your games and you can try to outsmart Double play. all the feds who are coming for you. Yep. Tell me, how can you stand there next to your big golf cart trying to squirrel away a secret or two? You asked for it. One thing we've seen from this mother, <laughs> he likes to keep his documents squeaky clean. Well, his father didn't bother with his sister and brother, so right. he kept them there in the latrine. <laughs> and Clever. we know the showers were secrets were stuffed by Trump. Shove them there next <laughs> to the sink. That's right. Things are gonna go much worse now. Secrets in the john. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that wasn't photoshopped. <laughs> Secrets were stuffed by Trump. We can't believe this is real. <laughs> Things are gonna work out better when he goes to jail. Yeah, you bet. A hundred years with no bail. <laughs> the showers were All right, there you go. That's great. Yeah. Our troubadour. Yes. Thank you, Rocky Bob Mike. Seriously, Mike, thank you for uh, jumping in last week. Really appreciate it. Yes. Rocky yes. MNT and Mike to follow him on uh, 
on Twitter. All right. And follow him, subscribe on YouTube. Oh, so great to have you back, my friend. I'm glad you it's had great a, to be back. a great trip. I'm glad you I had really a, did. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it was a fun time. We talked about it before the show, and it's nice. You had a vacation before our vacation. That's right. the way uh, to do it. I think I you think got the right important. idea. Yeah. You want to rest up before you rest up, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, we are going on vacation for a couple of weeks starting uh, July 3rd. That's when we officially go. And it's going to be two weeks, and I think... What we're going to end up doing is we well, may end up skipping the 18th as well and co- and returning on Wednesday the 19th. <laughs> all, because, all I know is I will yeah. be here every Tuesday whether you're here or not. Okay, now, you'll be sitting uh, there at your microphone no, waiting. That's yeah. right, uh, uh, talking to myself. Which makes me feel bad and makes me want to come back on the 18th. <laughs> so I'm still I'm thinking about it. It's all going to depend you, on. You, you need the break, my friend. You really do yeah. need the break. And, you know, know. It's, it's it seems like, okay, maybe this is not the best time because things are hopping, but uh, when are things not? hopping yeah and it'll all be here when you get back and uh i'll continue to keep people posted on developments on social media mm-hmm. and uh, so we'll be and i'm sure you will peek in on it occasionally yourself yeah uh but uh, we'll be around and and we definitely will be back and, and i look forward to it well we try to be consistent here we try to stick around uh, every day that we commit to doing a show and then it gets to the point where about halfway through the year i go okay that's enough that's I'm burned out. Yeah, <laughs> the outrage tanks it's, are empty, and I need a break. Oh well, they're never empty, but yeah, you need the break for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is yeah for your own mental health and for the good of us all. I think okay. you know it's good all to right. take a break. I feel guilty about taking off. It was something I absolutely had to attend. There was it was wonderful. There was no way out of it, uh, and I'm glad I went. I'm sorry that uh, I'm back for one week and then we go on vacation again. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the way it worked out, and uh, we'll try to do better. So Donald Trump had a uh, really entertaining time on uh, Fox News Channel uh, with Brett Baer. It's and, only and appropriate that there's a tropical storm called Brett that's brewing right. in the Atlantic right now. So well, there was one. There was one on Fox last night taking that's on true. Trump. Better, Bedminster. better, better than any journalist has interviewed Trump before <laughs> because he, as hard as it is to believe, uh, and and Brett's been a fairly straight arrow at Fox News comparatively. Yeah, uh, he, he certainly he certainly committed his sins. But last night's interview with Trump was every bit of what a journalist should be and every mm-hmm. bit of what a journalist should do. He didn't let Trump off on anything. Uh, he, he kept after him. And, and in the course of that, uh, you, you call it entertaining. I call it self-indicting. Yeah. I think Trump, oh, God, Trump yes. it, it was yet another confession. And all of what Trump said, and I know you have tapes to present, and I'm eager to hear them again, uh, all of the stuff that Trump said can be admitted in court. Yeah. This is all now evidence. This is his lawyer's worst nightmare, which they knew they were getting when they took him on as a client. He keeps making things worse for himself. He keeps proving my theory, my rule about Donald Trump's behavior, constantly Mm -hmm. making the worst possible decisions. And then he has to make more terrible decisions to fix the previous terrible decisions. To try, to try unsuccessfully to fix the previous problems. It's calamity on calamity here. Uh, This is uh, obviously the big story today is the Brett Baer interview on Fox and uh, what came out of it. And uh, so I'm excited to share that. And then we have obviously other stuff to talk about as well. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of bits here that I want to play that don't specifically have to do with the documents case with Mar-a-Lago and so on, which he's been okay. indicted for. These first couple of clips are just fun. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's just All one right. of those. We deserve that. We totally do. And so <laughs> we're going to start with this clip of uh, Donald Trump talking about his call with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> about Ukraine, 
because he thought, and this is entirely made up, I'm convinced that this is 1,000% bullshit. Right. And so this is Donald Trump describing a phone call with Vladimir Putin in which apparently Trump says, he's lying, that he threatened Vladimir Putin with something, you know, the fire and fury kind of threat right. that he used against Kim Jong-un back in the right. day. So here is this, and what I love most about this description by Trump is he tries to do a bit of the Putin accent. Oh, which good. Is just is hysterical when he tries to do this. Okay, no further ado. Here we go. Look, I talked to him. I, talk I said, if you do it, there's going to be hell to pay. It's going to be a catastrophe. Don't do it. He said, no, 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 you won't do that. I told him I was going to do something. He said, oh, you know what that is? That's also his Kim Jong-un impression. When he talks oh, to I Kim see. Jong-un Universal, or yeah. Yeah, President Xi, he's like, no, 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 do not do that. You should not do that. He has a way of speaking like this with all foreign people. Foreign <laughs> people all sound like this to Donald Trump. And you'll hear he more has, of this. He, he has one stereotype for the rest of the world. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, 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 you will not do that. I said, I will, Vladimir, I will do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know what? He didn't believe me. Whatever. It was pretty bad. And he didn't believe me at all, except for maybe 10%. And 10% is all you needed. Yeah, he was threatening nuclear war against Vladimir Putin. The man is insane. We have to continually agree and understand and uh, underscore uh, the man is insane. Yes, there is no way that this MFR (laughs) called Vladimir Putin and threatened to nuke Russia if Vladimir Putin tried anything against Ukraine. There no. is no way that that happened. Uh, that, that's laughable as, as his threats to Kim Jong-un were laughable, except yeah. for the fact that he was president at the time, and that made them scary. <laughs> right. But, but, but I mean, the fact that he's president makes them scary. Uh, the, the threats in and of themselves are laughable. Yeah. Well, let's just take him at face value for a second on this clip. And I'm not going to make a giant capital case out of this first throwaway lie from him. Right. But the fact that... Donald Trump has this persona in which he feels as though he could just willy-nilly threaten nuclear war against any other foreign country and not have that eventually blow back against the United States is absolutely insane. I mean, I'm surprised. I've talked about this a lot. I'm not breaking any news here. But throughout those four years when he was president, I was convinced every single morning that today could be the day that the nuclear missiles fly. And that is inherently destabilizing you cannot run a country you cannot run foreign affairs based on that destabilization that tactic where i i you know what look i've got nuclear weapons pointed at you so you better look out you i you know he believes that he is invincible we all know that we he believes he's invincible and i think he has or had the same impression of the united states that it too was invincible and uh, somebody made the mistake of telling him you are the most powerful man in the world and he took it he took it literally exactly uh, too literally so the next thing is something i like to call pulling a schecter (laughs) we all know the great clip of cliff schecter on msnbc back in i believe 2006 he was on with cleta mitchell who's now a trump disciple a trump defender a trump lawyer And Cliff Schechter just let loose on this list that went on and on and on about all the different Republican sex scandals. It was just one thing after another and another and another and another and another. It was like Godzilla crushing Tokyo. That's what that Cliff Schechter clip is like. If you want to see it, 
go to YouTube and type in Cliff Schechter, Cleta Mitchell, and you can watch it from beginning. I've played it a bunch of times on the show. I think everyone's familiar with it. But Brett Baer did the same thing with Donald Trump this time. Rub-a-dope. Yes, refuting the whole idea that Donald Trump hired the best people. And, right. and also underscoring the fact that everyone around Donald Trump has now turned on Donald Trump or Donald Trump has turned on them. And Brett's asking a fair question here. Yeah, exactly. But this is beautiful. In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time has ever seen. Your Vice President Mike Pence is running against you. Yeah. Your Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's go. running against you. Your former Secretary <laughs> of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently <laughs> called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, you're Second Defense Secretary is not supporting you, mm. called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary, Kate Haney, milquetoast. And multiple times, you've referred to your Transportation Secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. Oh my God. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? <laughs> because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, no. Mattis, it would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. That's There's a, lot. a lot of people we who not... praise you for your policies. That's I just said true. that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for everyone you say, I had ten that love us. Yeah, that's a big And lie. one thing happens, I find, with... All right, shut up. Uh, yeah, a few things on this particular clip. First of all, I was disappointed that they cut away from Trump's face as Brett Baer was doing the list. I would have loved to have seen Donald Trump's reaction through all of that. And that instead, video, yeah, yeah. They, they used two cameras, so that video should be available. Yeah, yeah. God, I would love to see that. Instead, they showed all the different people in a row. Wow. Sure. So there was TV. that. Yeah, yeah. But the second thing was that he lied about uh, ISIS. He yeah. has not defeated ISIS. He keeps saying this over and over again, and I think it's starting to seep into the consciousness of the American people if it haven't, hasn't already. He has not defeated ISIS. Go to Google News right now and type in ISIS attack, and you'll see one in Uganda. You'll see one that I think was thwarted in Iran. ISIS is still around. ISIS is still threatening people. I think they threatened a pride event in Vienna, Austria, these are just off the top of my head. These are just things I remember seeing in the news. I didn't write any of this down. It, ISIS is still a thing, and Donald Trump keeps saying that he defeated it and crushed it and destroyed it and doesn't exist anymore. That is 1,000% a lie, and we cannot let him continue to get away with that kind of lie and all of the myriad well, other ones that he tells. The yeah. easy solution there is put him in jail, which yeah. is where I, I definitely believe he's Bingo. headed. The question is, will it be in time? And we'll come back to that. Yeah. I had made my own list of, uh, I made the little joke 
about people uh, <laughs> getting injured, jumping off the Trump bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I made my own list, and and uh, many of the names uh, you just heard Brett Bayer mention, but I've got a few that he didn't mention. Here are the people who've abandoned and or attacked Trump just in the last two weeks. Okay. Mike, Mike Pence, Bill Barr, Mike Pompeo, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Paul Ryan, Ken Buck, Asa Hutchinson, John Bolton, and Michael Mulvaney. Uh, like I said, some of those uh, Bayer mentioned, but I had a few in there that he didn't, and, and the list is growing. It's interesting to see as the Republican Party continues to divide where this is headed. It's so entertaining to see him have to face his own fuckery. I just, God, I wish I would have seen his and, face while that was happening. And, and the irony is he didn't have to do it. Yeah, uh, the yeah. irony is his ego uh, had him back on the air where he could further endanger himself, and he did. He's he's in hotter water today than he was 24 hours ago. Oh, yes, and we're not even done yet. Right. This is the serious shit now that we're going to get right. into uh-huh. uh, regarding the boxes and what other presidents did with documents and the Iran document that'll be the last clip that we play so here's donald trump talking about uh, the boxes what was in the boxes why he didn't turn over the boxes implicating himself all over the goddamn place here we go yeah please please could we have it back and they asked for because they have no we were talking no and they said can you give the documents back and we were talking and then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done. Like, okay, I want to go back initially where he says uh, they asked for it and he said no, and then Brett Bear contradicts him and said they, uh, we, we were talking about it, which is he just contradicts himself right there within the first, mm-hmm. God, the first 10 seconds. Yeah, we, we came in kind of in the middle of a statement where yeah. he was saying all uh, the National Archives had to do was just say, please, 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 can we have them back? That's all yeah. they had to do. Exactly. And he, and he says they were negotiating, which isn't entirely true, and he's got the timeline all wrong and right. the timeline makes all the difference here yes so i'm gonna start this again listen for him backpedaling right away please please could we have it back and they please, asked for that. because they have no we they were did talking. ask for it no and okay they asked for it no they said can you give the documents back and we were talking and then they and we were talking so either they asked for it or they didn't ask for it right <laughs> which right. is it you idiot he's uh, trying to have it always yes exactly they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And in but why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was... Okay, let's stop there. Mm-hmm. You know what this is, Buzz? This is the equivalent of saying, oh, I just didn't have time to do my taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. very much like that. And, and it also reveals uh, something that concerns psychologists, uh, as many aspects of Trump do. Mm. Uh, there, there's um, Psychologists know more about this than I do, but there's something about people who collect memorabilia. Yeah. Um, and it's a... a an insecurity in their souls uh-huh. uh, that that they have to have these things yeah. to prove the the good they've done or the good they believe they've done, and so he collected. Uh, if people gave him shirts or hats or shoes or whatever, he he collected those, and and apparently when they packed in a hurry, uh, they stuffed those in with a lot of. Top secret documents yeah. at the same time. Well, I remember Jesse Waters when this first when the story first broke and there was the surge at Mar-a-Lago, Jesse Waters saying, Hey, he's a mementos guy. 
and that was the excuse, and that's been the it's excuse true, all along. He just likes but it to collect things. It, yeah. yeah, he is a memento guy, but it doesn't excuse taking, oh, right. keeping, and refusing to return yeah. uh, national secrets. Yes, we've seen him playing golf. We've seen him hobnobbing at Mar-a-Lago. Right. We've seen him invading weddings with his uh, ridiculous uh, grievance list. It's just on and on and on. Donald Trump's got plenty of free time, goddammit, and he certainly got people who could have gone through all those boxes, like Walt Nauta, for example, and right. picked out all of the classified documents and handed them over. By the way, Walt Nauta doesn't have a goddamn security clearance, and it doesn't even matter because Donald Trump believes he declassified all that crap. But that's we're, I'm getting way ahead of ourselves here, but let's continue with this uh, stream of lies. It's very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers mm -hmm. to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. Well, uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants. Man, woman, camera, TV. <laughs> I love it when he tries to do these lists. There were there were pants. I want to underscore this. There were pants in with national security secrets. <laughs> That's exactly right. Who knows pants. whether they had been laundered, by the way, which exactly. is even more disgusting. You. Yeah, I know. Choose. There were many things. I would say much, plan. much more. Yeah. Not that I know of, but not that I know of. But everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. No, let me love how he deflects over to Joe Biden here when right. he's in trouble, <laughs> right? Yeah. But he, what he's admitting to here is he's admitting to withholding documents from the goddamn grand mm -hmm. jury. Because he hadn't had time to go through the boxes, Bob. Yes, he's so busy. He's such a busy you, guy playing you try that. You try golf. that. You try that in court. That's right. Go ahead. He had to personally dig that grave for Ivana and stick those documents in there with her, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, he was I busy doing that. I'm still open to that theory, by the way. It's a fun one, that's for sure. Uh, what else here? Oh, yes, Eric Erickson, son of Eric. Um, this was an amazing admission about this particular clip by Eric Erickson on Twitter. And Eric Erickson, to be clear, Eric Erickson's a Trump defender. And I want to shoehorn in the name Eric Erickson one more time because it's oh, so sure. fun. It's so fun to say, right? Mm -hmm. He said, guys, Trump admitted on TV tonight he withheld documents from the grand jury. Game over legally. What an idiot. Right. Holy crap. All true. Yeah. Sounds like Bill Barr. Bill Barr's been all over the place going, hey, you know, right. I think his and goose is cooked. We don't we don't forgive any of these people for what they have done oh. over the course of the Trump years, but uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So as yeah. long as they're helping us take down uh, the greatest criminal in the federal government of all time, yeah. uh, we uh, accept and appreciate their help. Well, this is a matter of the call is coming from inside the House, and that's yeah. why this Eric Erickson quote is so important, because you're hearing these kinds of things from people who are full-blown Trump loyalists, full-blown right. yeah. MAGA people. And even they're going, and, and obviously Brett Baer went through that whole list of people who've been criticizing Donald Trump, including right. John Bolton, for God's sake, uh, right. Bill Barr, as we said. And so this shows and illustrates gigantic cracks in the facade. I think now you're going to start to see some of these other Republican candidates 
doing a full court press, p- trying to push against that facade yeah. and break on through uh, using those cracks and, as a method of doing that. Yeah. And and in court, uh, the last thing any lawyer would want would be for Trump to take the stand. They don't want that. But you know what? Yeah. He's already testified because, again, mm-hmm. these Brett Bayer tapes and, and other things he said are all admissible in court. They'll be hearing a lot from Donald Trump, and uh, they will... Uh, once it's laid out for them, will not like what they hear. I'm talking about the jury here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, that's you know, there's a there's a legal aspect to this. It's it's as if Trump now works for the Justice Department because he's prosecuting himself. <laughs> yes, and, he is. Uh, this as if you know, I was convinced, and I remain convinced that uh, this documents case is going to put him in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things may as well. But uh, the documents case that uh, Brett Bayer is so deftly uh, focusing on in this interview, uh, that's that's going to be the one that puts him in prison for the rest of his life. It's I'm convinced it's absolutely going to happen. Yes. So here we go. This is uh, Donald Trump talking about other presidents and what they did with the documents. So we're going to do this clip, and then we'll take a short break and come back and do the Iran document as right. the last clip. Okay, so here we go. Look at this. Get to the Other specific. presidents, when they leave, they take the papers. They have thousands and thousands. Obama. No, they don't. Of course, we've all talked about this already, and he's still playing this ridiculous game they, as though none of that happened. That, yeah, what happens very often, sometimes a couple of documents get mixed in with other documents that they're allowed to take. And that certainly few, happened with Pence and Biden, et cetera. And, and a lot of presidents. And it's usually, they're few in number. Yeah. Uh, they're usually not terribly con- uh, consequential. And uh, as Bob said, they're in with other stuff. So they were taken... They were taken by accident, and, and again, they are very, very few. Trump had boxes of documents. Yes, and we know we know of at least thirty-one uh, that he wasn't supposed to have and refused mm. to turn over, uh, despite a court order, a subpoena to do so. So uh, he, he's in a lot of trouble here. Yeah, and there's the other aspect of it too, where sometimes presidential records are handled by NARA. After the right. fact, when Donald Trump talks about Chinatown, something about Chinatown in Washington D.C., and, and the you know he's talking about the empty I don't know what it was a shopping mall or Chinese restaurant or something. Something bowling alley I don't remember. Yeah, essentially what we're talking about here is Nara working with any number of uh, previous presidents, the Obama yeah. presidential library, and so on, and they go through in tandem and decide what documents should go into the library and what documents should be returned to NARA. It's a cooperative venture. They're on loan from NARA. There's a process here that is by and large adhered to, but Donald Trump's turning that process into yeah, Mike Pence walked away with thousands of documents, and Barack Obama and Jimmy Carter, they all took thousands and thousands of documents. That's a gigantic lie. Nixon had it. Carter had Their it. The Bushes had These it. These are super sensitive national security oh, documents. I'm sure, I'm sure, all right, so here's I'm sure sure. you'll see real super sensitive that Biden has, because Biden has far more than anybody's ever kept. And, he, and of, of course, Trump can say that because he knows there's no way any of his people are going to verify that right. detail, right? Right. That's right. his M.O. He turned them over when asked. No, he but, didn't. But he that's, still that's hasn't he given the 1,850 boxes that stored at the University well, of Delaware. In bullshit. fact, they're fighting him in court. Right. Okay, we're going to stop right there because that <laughs> deserves a gigantic fact check. This 1,800 boxes, he was talking about that on the town hall, too, on CNN. And it kept waffling, by the way, back and forth between 
between 850 and 1800. You just can't right. get his lies straight. So CNN presented, and there were many other websites that presented fact checks on this, but mm-hmm. CNN wrote, Trump's vague insinuations that there is something improper about the existence of the Biden collection at the University of Delaware are baseless. The collection of donated documents is from Biden's 36-year tenure as a U.S. senator for Delaware. Right. Unlike presidents who are subject to the Presidential Records Act, senators own their office's documents and right. can do whatever they want with them. Donate them to colleges, keep them at their homes, give them to journalists, even throw them in the trash. So Trump is taking that and turning it into, oh, Biden's got 1,850 documents or maybe 1,800 documents or some other bullshit made up number at the University of Delaware. And he's broken the law. So therefore, I should be exonerated somehow. And he, and he keeps citing the Presidential Records Act as his defense. It, yeah. it isn't a defense. He doesn't understand what the Presidential Records Act actually <laughs> says. Uh, what we have here is someone who has defied a subpoena to return military secrets that don't belong to him. And, uh, you know, he was busy and he wanted to go through the boxes. You know how busy I've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, this is this is the guy who's going to court yeah. uh, on, as far as we know at this point, August 14th. He's busy standing around making this noise. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost his goddamn yeah, mind. Yeah, That's yeah. For sure. and, and And I take some joy in the fact that that becomes increasingly obvious. Yes. You know? It's got, I'm hoping it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, well, here we go. Here's more worse. And they're finding them. And but he the opened boxes, up for them to look at it. Excuse me. The boxes from Chinatown. China. He didn't turn them over. He sent them up to his lawyer in Boston. Boston. To look at before they handed them over. And there are special counsel that's looking at that, and we'll see what comes well, out of it. But I do want to just, you can imagine. This. I don't want to dwell on it. But according to the. Okay, that's it's just started over again. All right, right. Well, there you go. All right. So that's that particular clip. Okay. <laughs> we still have one more to go here. One more. Uh, is everyone okay? We okay with hearing Trump's voice and all that shit? Because this is historic. All right. This is something is. that's gonna come up in court. This could end up being something that pushes it over the top as far as innocent versus guilty. It's it, Not only does DOJ have, Jack Smith specifically, have the evidence uh, that they need for conviction, and now they have uh, repeated uh, audio confessions, and in some cases video confessions, from Donald Trump mm-hmm. that can be played at trial whether he's ever called to the stand or not. Yeah. These are the reasons I am uh, increasing, increasingly convinced that he's going away. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on where he goes away to. Right, I think, right. I, uh, these are serious crimes, yeah. though. And I, I, I just don't, I don't care where, you know, who you make as judge or where they put the trial. In the end, uh, I think he will be found guilty and sentenced to prison for what will turn out to be the rest of his life. I don't know that Eileen Cannon is going to remain on this case, but so far she seems to understand the rocket docket aspect of mm-hmm. the Southern District of Florida. And uh, so she set a trial date for August 14th, which is what, uh, five? six, seven weeks away, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, starting very soon, that could change, but uh, things are moving along, and Jack Smith is certainly pressing 
for a a quick uh, a quick prosecution at this point. We'll talk more about that stuff uh, after the last Brett Bayer clip. Yeah, exactly. Just some more details on the trial date being set here. It says right. here, omnibus order setting trial date and establishing pretrial instructions and sentencing procedures as to Donald J. Trump. In limine, which is I think means at first or the first thing, first motions due mm-hmm. by 72423. So we're just a little bit more than a month away from these first motions being due. And Donald Trump barely has a defense team in place, much less right. a defense strategy other than what he's blurting like farts on Fox News Channel. So motions are due by 72423. Calendar call is set for 8823, 1.45 p.m. in Fort Pierce Division before Judge Eileen M. Cannon. I still can't believe Maybe. we're talking about her. Yeah. Uh, it's, I was comparing it last week, Buzz, to like the ending of Misery, where Kathy Bates, you think she's dead, and oh my God, she's alive again, or Glenn Close <laughs> at the end of uh, Fatal Track. Well, this ain't over, so I have... Yeah. You know, she may or may not remain in place as the judge in this case, but so far, so good. We'll see. Um, perhaps she gotten spanked enough that she'll behave, yeah. even though she's only had 14 days of trial experience. Right. Well, the jury trial is set for 8-14-23, so the 14th of August coming up in Fort Pierce Division before Judge Cannon, signed by Judge Cannon on 6-20-23, see attached document for blah, blah, blah. And um, just so you're aware, as a matter of course here on this particular bit of news, Bradley Moss tweeted yesterday uh, some information that's important when, as far as expectations go with this. He said, ignore Judge Cannon's trial date for Trump. That date isn't going to hold. I assume it'll be pushed. Uh, that's me adding. I, what I'm seeing here from Bradley Moss is that, yeah, it's probably going to get pushed. The date that matters is the deadline for pretrial motions and motions in limine to exclude arguments slash evidence at trial. Those are due in four weeks. Trump barely has the defense team in place. Right. (laughs) Well, and the evidence and the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah. The evidence and and his own testimony. I gotta do this. I just have to laugh for a second. (laughs) This is fun. Trump's in big trouble. I'm a big cigar. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> All right, still a lot more to come. We got to talk about this article about Merrick Garland and Chris Ray uh, apparently delaying the investigation into Trump for more than a year. Mm-hmm. We'll dig into that. I know you've got a bunch to say about that, as do yeah. I. And uh, a whole lot more. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden in the news today. Some big news as far as he goes. And uh, your regular reminder that RFK Jr. is a gigantic kook. So we'll talk (laughs) about that, too, here. Still to come on our big Tuesday show. But first, the Patreon app for your smartphone is the best way to stay up to date with new episodes of The Bob Seska Show. I get questions every once in a while. Bob, do you have an app for the show? And I say, no, I don't, but I have a Patreon app. And that's the best way to keep mm-hmm. track of uh, when new episodes drop. So every time I there's a new it, episode, yeah. yeah. Oh, you use, you use the Patreon app as well? I do, I do. Yes, it's a great way to do it. You can set up your notifications. You're going to get an automatic alert on your phone. Notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Plus, you're going to get notifications for the Friday after party and the shadow docket shows too everything we put out there pops up on the patreon page too you can listen at home or in the car with just a couple of swipes and you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each episode 
So subscribe for as little as $1 a month. All it takes is $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Then you can download the Patreon app from the App Store onto your phone, and you've done it. Voila! Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska! Great Vixen Noir replaying this track because I love it. Song called I Love You, uh, and this features the great King Cyborg, also. Yeah, one of our favorites here in the show, of course. You got to follow both of them on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, follow King Cyborg. Just search for the name King Cyborg and you'll find her. Also, search for Vixen Noir on Instagram and you can follow her too. All right, bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. And while you're there, make sure to click on this episode dated 6-2023. Scroll on down on that page, and you'll find links for all the independent recording artists we feature here on the show. I, I, lo- I love the fact that the song is called I Love You, and yeah. it begins the first two words, the first two lyrics in the song are, you suck. <laughs> and I uh, that, that immediately is, got my true. attention. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, it got better after that. <laughs> right. Oh, that's the great Vixen Noir. And it's, yeah, by the way, yeah, it's, it's if, great, you're, great. if you're searching for the song on your favorite uh, digital music player, uh, uh-huh. I Love You, it's uh, just the letter U uh, for you ah. in there. So it's not uh, the word you, it's the letter U. I guess the best way to do it is just go to bobseska.com, find the podcast page for this episode, and click. Click away. Get these songs into your record collection. All right? You oh yeah, dance but, to them. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of the independent recording artists we play here on the show, yes. next Wednesday, the Wednesday before we go on vacation, uh-huh. I decided to do a special episode of the interview show, the Wednesday interview show. Okay. I am welcoming the great Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith, 
who's the oh, son cool. of Mike Nesmith from the Monkees. Right, right. Christian and Cersei have this amazing album that I've been standing for some time now. It's called Cosmologica. And I said, you know what? This is one of my all-time favorite albums. I mean, not just one of my favorite independent recording artist albums, but one of my all-time favorite prog albums. And I, I need to get Christian and Cersei on so we can do like a track-by-track discussion about this particular album. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a deep dive into Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith's album, Cosmologica, next Wednesday. So if you're love, into that album, we're going to do that. That's fun. And I love interviews with musicians because you, yeah. as, as those of us who are lay people who know nothing about music, right? Uh, it, it's fascinating. Uh, I learned a lot when I listened to that, and I like what I learned. It is, if you're into prog music... I would put this in my maybe top three favorite prog albums of all time, Cosmologica. It is such an incredible piece of work. It is so complex. And then when you realize that it's just two people, it's just Cersei and Christian. Right. Yeah, always amazing. Christian plays all of the instruments. And when you hear each individual instrument and the compositions themselves, it is mind-blowingly good. So I can't wait to dig into the construction of the album, what inspired the album, what it means. Like when I listen to this album, I'm like, what's Cersei telling me about the universe in this album? It is just one of those things that I can't stop listening to, so I can't wait to uh, talk with both do, of them. Do, do these two individuals know what they're in for? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, my email was so effusive that I think they do. I think they understand that I'm... Just an yeah. ultimate fanboy when it comes to this album. Oh, my God. Okay, so back to uh, serious things here on the Big Tuesday show. So yeah. Trump on the Iran document at Bedminster. This was another this fascinating bit of obvious duplicity by Donald Trump regarding this. Uh, because the thing is, Buzz, they've got the tapes. They've got the transcripts. Right. There were people in the room. Everyone knows and so if this becomes his legal defense, and if this is something that he confirms, this particular defense that he's going to use in this clip, if he confirms this while under oath on the stand, they're going to hit him with perjury. And right. I, know, I know you have more to add on that front as far as additional charges, new things that are going to come up. Yeah, and we'll get to that. But I want to say that uh, legal experts are saying that uh, – this is not the defense Trump's lawyers had in mind, and, <laughs> but but that now that he said it, it has become their defense, whether yeah. they like it or not, and it's not a good one. He's screwed uh, in, in that category as well. Yeah. This clip you're about to play, and the one you played about I was busy, uh, there were pants. <laughs> uh, you know, when th these two clips are probably the, the two most important things uh, to emerge out of the interview. These are the two that will do him in at trial if the pile of evidence does not. How much you want to bet David Letterman laughed at the idea that there were pants with the yeah, well, of course. <laughs> documents? Because I don't know, pants. that seems like a Letterman thing. Worldwide pants. Yeah. Right. All right, here's uh, Trump making an ass of himself last night. I don't want to dwell on it, but according to the indictment, you were here at Bedminster on July 21st, 2021, after you're no longer president, and you were recorded saying that you had a document detailing a plan of attack on another country that was prepared by the U.S. military for you when you were president. The Iran attack plan. You remember that? Ready? You were recorded. I love when he starts out like that. He does that a lot, where he goes, are you ready? I'm going to, oh my God, I'm going to hit you with a truth bomb. Ready right. for it? All right, hang on tight. Here we go. Here comes a gigantic whopper goddamn lie. Right. 
Yeah. Are ready. you ready means I'm about to lie, yes. <laughs> yeah. Attack on another country that was prepared by the U.S. military for you when you were president. The Iran attack plan. You remember that? Ready? You were recording. It wasn't a document. Okay. I had lots of paper. I had copies. Okay, so let's stop right there. It, it wasn't, wasn't a, document, a document, he said. No, <laughs> no that's, that's totally wrong. It absolutely are- was a document. People in the room will testify that it was. Yes, he's talking about, he's waving it around and saying, this is top secret. I can't, I mean, this is really super secret. And the people around him are going, oh my God, we're in trouble now. I mean, <laughs> they were actually joking about the fact that he's waving around this classified document that he's claiming is secret, that he doesn't have the power to declassify. But, by the way, yeah. uh, the, the people in the room, the people he was bragging this to, were uh, Mark Meadows' ghostwriters for his <laughs> memoir. So these are, these are the authors of what would be Mark Meadows' memoir, uh, and that's who Trump is waving this war document around in front of. Yes. So his defense is not that he even had a document. He's saying that he, right. he's going to say here that he's got an article about it. Newspaper clippings, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's got. Sure. That's the thing he said he was unable to declassify because he's no longer president. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines. I know. I this is specifically a quote. You're quoted and, on the uh, recording no, saying the document was secret, adding that you could have declassified. You know, I just, uh, God, I gotta stop right there because I just, I can't get over the fact that Brett Baer wasn't taking any shit from this guy. Right. Not for a second. Yeah. The last time I think we saw this kind of interview was was Jonathan Swan after the 2020 election. You remember that famous one where Swan's going through all the things and and there's a meme going around with Swan's kind of confused face as Donald Trump is trying to explain all this to him? This is the same kind of thing, although this one I think is even more important because Donald Trump... timely. Exactly, because he's implicating himself here. Right, right. (laughs) Just as he prepares to go to trial. Implicating himself going into the trial. Right. I did while you were president, but quote, now I can't. You know this is still secret, highly confidential. And the indictment cites the recording and the testimony from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day. So you say on this, on tape... He he didn't show anything, it's just the opposite he's going to say here again i hope that's his criminal defense i hope he uses that in court because he is going to be socked with perjury charges absolutely trump always makes things worse for trump writ large money from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day so you say on this on tape it's just the opposite that you can't declassify so why have it what i said when i said that i couldn't declassify it now that's because i wasn't president i i never made any bones about that okay bingo bingo he had classified documents that weren't declassified that's him and just admitting that he had these documents. They were they were not declassified. He didn't declassify them, and he couldn't declassify them because he's no longer president. Right, while not president, wow. while defying subpoenas to turn that stuff over. Wow, wow, wow. There right. it is right there. Going into trial. <laughs> this is on Fox News Channel, may I remind you. Murdoch is done with Trump. I mean, uh, yeah. that, that should be very obvious by now. Uh, you know, I don't know. All they can do now is be anti-Biden because I don't, I, I, I don't see them supporting DeSantis particularly. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Am I too excited about this? I mean, this no, is, God, this no. is a major it's, prong of this case. It, it's finally here. And, and uh, what I think we're going to talk about next is uh, I, the, the first thing I want to say about it is we are now in the prosecution of Donald Trump where we need to be. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the good news. The bad news is 
we're a year or two too late, and it's entirely yeah. likely it's entirely likely that we won't get a verdict in this case yeah. until after not only the election but the inauguration. Right. Um, and and that is unfortunate, and we'll talk about how we got there. Uh, yeah. Next. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's bust through the rest of this clip so we can dig into right. this Merrick Garland article. It says right. just the opposite. That you can't and, declassify, and so you, why have it? What I, said, <laughs> what I said that I couldn't declassify it now, that's because I wasn't president. I, I never made any bones about that. When I'm not president, I can't declassify and that. that's what you wow. said. You didn't I said declassify that. it. I said, no, no. I said I couldn't declassify could it. that wasn't a document, it. Brett. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. Per se. Just want to mention that. Per se. Right. Like these were right. newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. That he's talking about the Here other people go. in the room, you nincompoop. Being thugs, yes. <laughs> yeah. Brett Baer is mentioning the other people in the room, and Trump goes to DOJ and, and thinks he's right. talking about the right. thugs at yeah. DOJ. Right. And he's not. He was talking about Meadows Ghostwriter, etc. cetera. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thugs. Right. If you look at what they've done to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court. These are thugs. These the are suggestion was people. that you wanted this as evidence that the military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, had preemptively sent you plans for a possible attack on Iran and that you didn't order that to happen. That's the suggestion. I never ordered it to happen, no. But no. that's why you wanted the document. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a document from Milley. Milley, frankly, was incompetent. The last one I'd want to attack with as my leader would be Milley. That I can tell you. All right, but last I think you thing know on this. this. I don't that, want to dwell on it. That, that I can tell you. Oh, he is so screwed. He is. He is he screwed is. a thousand different ways. And he's mm. and he's only screwing himself more. He's right. <laughs> making things so much worse for himself. And I'm so here for it. Please, please proceed, as uh, our, our favorite <laughs> president once said. Keep talking. Yes, indeed. Okay, so moving along here to this gigantic bombshell Washington Post story about oh, Merrick Garland and DOJ and Chris Ray. Just to set this up, in case you're unaware of what's going on with all of this, uh, a Washington Post investigation found that more than a year would pass before prosecutors and FBI agents jointly embarked on a formal probe of actions directed from the White House to try and steal the election, even then. The FBI stopped short of identifying the former president as a focus of that investigation. A wariness about appearing partisan, institutional caution, right. and clashes over how much evidence was sufficient to investigate the actions of Trump and those around him all contributed to the slow pace. Garland and the Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco chartered a cautious course aimed at restoring public trust in the department, while some prosecutors below them chafed feeling top officials were shying away from looking at evidence of potential crimes by Trump and right. those close to him, the Post found. Uh, whether a decision about Trump's culpability for January 6th could have come any earlier is unclear. The details in examining that question began before Garland was even confirmed. 
Michael Sherwin, who's the former U.S. attorney in D.C., senior Justice Department officials, and Paul Abate, the top deputy to FBI Director Chris Wray, quashed a plan by prosecutors in the U.S. attorney's office to directly investigate Trump associates for any links to the riot, deeming it premature, according to five individuals familiar with the decision. This is interesting, too, because I was actually saying for a lot of this period of time since January 6th, that the U.S. attorney in D.C. is kind of the point person in all of this. And clearly, that U.S. attorney, who uh, hadn't been replaced at that point, I think he eventually was replaced by Joe Biden, but at that point in time, that U.S. attorney wasn't moving on this case. So the blame isn't entirely on Garland. You can also put it at the feet of this guy, Michael Sherwin, but uh, but there it is. So this is what's no, causing I, I, all kinds of outrage right now. Uh, there's so many reasons for the delay. You you the what you read of the article touched on some of them, but there, there's sort of longstanding DOJ policy. There's uh, there's the the fear. James Comey screwed things up not only for the election that brought Trump into the White House, uh, but uh, he made the Department of Justice gun-shy. They were afraid. They didn't want to ever, ever be in that yeah. situation again. The FBI didn't ever want to be in a situation again where something so outrageous could happen. And so they were doing extra caution. And, uh, of course, with Republicans bearing down on them, uh, they and, – and at first, I mean, this all started when Trump was president, but they had to keep it on the down low. I, I often wonder if, if Christopher Ray's motive for not moving uh, had a lot to do with protecting his own job and worrying about who might be who might replace him. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know whether Chris Ray is a good guy or a bad guy. I think the verdict is still out on that. I'm willing to I'm willing to accept either answer once we have the the evidence. Yeah, uh, I think Merrick Garland ultimately did the right thing by uh, appointing Jack Smith as special prosecutor, uh, special counsel, excuse me. And uh, he, it, it, this is the great thing about Jack Smith is he's made up for a lot of lost time here because he's moving very quickly. Yes, and he's chosen uh, a district with with a rocket docket uh, to try to get this thing moving because he understands uh, more than anyone perhaps the importance of getting this done as soon as possible. Right. Uh, the, the DOJ was gun shy. Uh, they had partly out of tradition, partly out of what had happened with Comey. And uh, it, it also the other thing that happened is the transition. Uh, the transition was not good between uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration. And it took time. And it took Merrick Garland, once he was confirmed, 10 months to find a U.S. attorney uh, for D.C. Uh, to take over there. Yeah. And so uh, there was a lot of that change of government thing that slowed things down a bit. I, I'm not making excuses. And I think where DOJ and the FBI failed is and, and they were uh, the other thing you were using is the, the traditional ladder approach. They start at the bottom and work your way up. That's what they do with organized crime. We talked about that at the time and accepted that as, okay, I understand what they're doing here. But they got to a certain point when they got to Stuart Rhodes and the Proud Boys, uh, the Oath Keepers, they couldn't, they couldn't go any farther. They couldn't find a connection. But they were starting to see things, you know, from the top. Uh, here's what turned the DOJ around, if I may. Yes. Uh, a combination of public pressure. Uh, Rachel Maddow played a role in that. Mm. Uh, the ruling of a federal judge who said uh, Trump has clearly committed crimes here. That was a 
that was a screaming siren at the Department of Justice to charge the guy. And, and also, and very importantly, the work of the J6 committee, which because of their work, the DOJ finally started looking into the fake electors scheme. So, and all of these things happened much later than they should have. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's because DOJ didn't understand, you know, I told you the reasons they were gun shy. And they also didn't understand the urgency of this to democracy. I think Jack Smith understands that. I'm glad it's in his hands. Like I said earlier, we are where we need to be. We're just a little late. A lot late, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, because yeah. now we're yeah. pushing yeah. into that campaign territory, right. and 2025 is bearing down on us, and and that presents a, a gigantic roadblock in all of this, because who the fuck knows what's going to happen in 2024? Obviously, we have our right. optimistic points of view about Joe right. Biden getting reelected, yes. but, you know, anything can happen. It's been proven to us that anything can happen, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I think what I've been saying all along with this, uh, sort of balancing between, much like Stephanie Miller, in fact, balancing between, oh, God, when is this going to get, when are they going to start investigating Donald Trump versus mm -hmm. Well, I kind of know why they're not. I kind of under, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand the reasoning, which is that there's this concern about precedent and history and institutions yes. and caution. And yeah, okay. Uh, that's something that we've been talking about for some time here on this show. And it's been a, a common point of discussion. I remember being on Sherry Jacobus's podcast and Sherry Jacobus is no fan of Merrick Garland. If you follow her on Twitter. Right. So, and I mentioned to her, I said, you know, it, the explanation could simply be one that uh, Garland has an eye on history. And, and yeah. that may be a mild way of putting it. I don't get the sense that Merrick Garland has any vested interest in protecting Donald Trump. No, uh, not at all. Yeah. I don't think there was any malice at any level, although there were, yes, there were FBI individuals and I believe also DOJ individuals yeah. who resisted, resisted, opposed, argued, but it was all a debate. And mm -hmm. that was part of it. You know, there was a lot of naval contemplating and shuffling of feet and yeah. and debate and consideration. And, and, and uh, you want them to move thoughtfully, but uh, this just went on for way too long. Mm -hmm. And there were people uh, who resisted an investigation of Trump. I Otherwise, I don't think there was any malice in the department itself, uh, in the attorney general, certainly. Uh, I, You know, it, it can be argued he was too slow to act. Some people continue to call for his firing. I disagree with that because, like I said, ultimately he did the right thing. It just took a long damn time, probably too long, to get here, but we are here, and uh, and and I, I think Jack Smith's uh, case is going to expand, and I I'd like to talk about that at some point. Yeah, well, the other thing is that uh, with Donald Trump, you don't want to telegraph your moves too quickly, knowing the platform that he kind of has and the way he behaves toward these things, and his ability to concoct concoct different lies <laughs> and ways to wiggle out of accountability. And I so, think he concocts them. Yes, he, he concocts them. Yes, and yes. they're all. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so, right. And, but for that reason, maybe it was a better strategy to, to not reveal necessarily where they were going to go with this, hint at it. You know, there are a number of factors because we're in new territory here. And I think we need to bear that in mind. This is fresh. Donald Trump has pushed through so many norms and broken so many laws that we're in uncharted territory. This has never happened with an expert, with a president right. or an ex-president before. And right. so Merrick Garland dropped into the middle of this and he's expected, you know, again, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone who wanted it done yet. I wanted him in jail two years ago. But knowing 
what the situation is, knowing what the history is, knowing what the precedent is, that Merrick Garland probably didn't want to go in appearing as though there was an actual witch hunt. Uh, right. I know. They, did, they, yeah. they didn't want it to appear partisan. partisan. Like I said, they were still gun-shy from what James Comey did. Again, Comey not only effed up the 2016 election, yeah. but he effed up the Department of Justice, which got completely afraid at that point because uh, uh, the public confidence in the Department of Justice and the FBI uh, fell to a new low after Comey did what he did and, and got the results that he got. Uh, and uh, so they were very, very concerned about looking partisan and and again, I agree with those who would say they just didn't see the urgency of it. They didn't understand that democracy was really on the line here. I, I don't think they took it as seriously as they should. It took a lot of convincing. Like I said, it was maybe the J6 committee that got them going. Or maybe it was that judge who said, you know, Trump has broken the law here. Uh, there were things that happened that gave them no choice, as I think we said months ago on the show, yeah. uh, when we said the DOJ now has no choice but to charge Donald Trump, and they did. I also want to say about Jack Smith. Uh, yes. Uh, see, he's, he, Smith is in charge of all of this. Merrick Garland has signed off on all of it. He has come out and made public statements in support of Jack Smith and Jack's work. But uh, Jack Smith uh, hit the ground running. Normally, it would take a special counsel weeks, maybe months, to get up to the speed on what's going on. Do you know Jack Smith issued his first subpoenas four days after he got the job? Yeah. Four days in, he's, he's firing off subpoenas already, and he's been firing them ever since. Uh, that, uh, as I said, have led to an expanded investigation. One of the things that is important to bear in mind in all of this, too, okay. is this story could have been deliberately leaked from DOJ in order to make it seem as though the DOJ wasn't really eager to go after Donald Trump to kind of blunt the attack hmm, that this is all part of a big witch hunt. This may be a political move by the Department of Justice to protect its independence, to protect itself from the accusation of partisanship. So that's something that we should bear in mind as well. These things yeah. have happened before. Yeah. Well, it's uh, great journalistic work by uh, Carol Lenig and Aaron oh, C. Yes. Davis. They yeah. did a tremendous job. They said it's a long article, but it, it doesn't seem to miss a trick. It seems to cover every aspect of how the investigation developed and why it took so long mm -hmm. and what was going on through all of that yeah. and who was arguing for prosecution and who was arguing against it. Yep. Uh, so it's very, very educational and enlightening. Uh, and uh, like I said, I came away with multiple conclusions from it. <clears throat> yeah, they, they took too damn long. And, yeah. and now it... It's going to be too, I'm afraid it's going to be too late, although I could be wrong about this. I'm afraid it's going to be too late for the 24 presidential election. Yeah. Uh, but the good news is we are at least where we need to be. We just didn't get here in time. But but ever forward, and I you know I hope this I hope this sees its way to conclusion. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I, I think he will spend the rest of his life in prison because he is so incriminated. Or to put it another way, he is so fucked. Yes, yes, he <laughs> very much is. All right, well, we got to talk about Hunter Biden here in a second. And I have a few things to say about the notion of show debates. I want to talk about that in the context of this RFK Jr., Joe Rogan, oh, right. uh, Elon yeah. Musk nonsense <laughs> that's happening right now. Okay, oh, one last break. Back with more show right after these words. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bob Seska plays more music. For the sun up, sun up. Where you wanna go? Oh oh oh. Tell me how you feeling now. If you wanna move, slow. Tell me for the times up, times up. Something that is moving slow. Tell me how you feeling now. If you wanna move, slow. Oh God, I love that loop. That guitar loop is amazing. This is the purest in a song called Summer. Because here we are, coming up on the end of June already. Right. Tomorrow's the solstice. Yeah. Hey, how about that? BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Get back into things here. Um, some encouraging news, right, Bob? Yeah, you, you know I love to share good news. And, yeah. and of course, the, the top story today is the Brett Bayer story. Uh, Trump further incriminating himself, testifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, against himself in court. It was just where those tapes are going to end up. Yeah. And then there's the work of Jack Smith. And I'm not like a, a Jack Smith fanboy, but uh, there is increasing evidence. You know, he's got the documents case. We all know about that. It now appears that either in a separate case or to expand this case, uh, Jack Smith can now include charges of dissemination of classified material. That's thanks mm-hmm. to the tape on which bro- uh, Trump bragged about and waved about the uh, Iran attack document. Uh, so now dissemination could be added as a charge, either in the documents case or as a separate case. Jack Smith, uh, we know, is investigating Trump for fraud, and that's the fundraising he's done mm-hmm. off of his false election claims, even when he knew he had lost the election. That's fraud, and Jack Smith is investigating that. So that's why, like, three investigations there. Yeah. Uh, pressure on Mike Pence not to do his duty as an elected official. Uh, guess what? That's a crime. And mm-hmm. uh, it's possible, I don't have any confirmation of this, but it's possible Jack Smith is pursuing that charge. Now we're up to four, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the the last one is the fake elector scheme. Uh, Jack Smith is investigating Trump's role in the fake elector scheme, which, of course, overlaps with what Fannie Willis is doing in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, this is, hey, huge. This yeah. is uh, becoming a, a very widespread and dramatic case. Jack Smith, I think, is going to succeed in getting Trump, maybe not for everything, but for a lot of the big stuff. And think about this. If only one-tenth of the legal trouble that Donald Trump is in turns into some sort of actual criminal sentencing, Uh a a verdict of guilty and criminal sentencing associated with that, that's still a gigantic deal. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything else it, could fall apart. And if just and, 10% of these charges stick to the wall and land on a sentence in a, a guilty verdict, right. that's a gigantic effing deal, right? That's, that's true. And uh, Jack Smith doesn't need all these other cases, except for the fact that Trump broke some serious laws here that need to be prosecuted. Yeah. Jack Smith can put Trump in custody for the rest of Trump's life mm -hmm. just with the documents case. Right. Now we've added, what, one, two, three, four other uh, cases or possible cases against Trump, uh, things that uh, Jack Smith is... Uh, expected to investigate or is already investigating, most of them already underway. The only one I'm not positive about is uh, uh, the one about uh, pressuring Pence not to do his duty as an elected official. That's a yeah. huge crime, and I would be surprised if he didn't add that to the pile. Well, the other thing, too, is there could be additional charges in New Jersey. Federal charges linked to the Mar-a-Lago right. documents. Right. And that is a, a card that I think Jack Smith is keeping up his sleeve for now. And, and that, but weirdly, ties in with the whole live golf thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because, and, and, you know, I'm sure, uh, I, I think, and because remember, and I've said this before, but I want to remind people, Smith has subpoenaed Trump's business records. Uh -huh. uh, why, why the business records? To see what kind of deals he made with the Saudis. Yeah, yeah. What, what, he, what he's gotten out of them. And that's what I think the New Jersey grand jury is largely about. One last thing here, Buzz, on this topic. Right. I noticed that Lawrence O'Donnell was drawing similar parallels to our observations about the White House oh. Plumbers miniseries right. oh, and really? what's going on right now. Yeah. Ah. I, I wonder if Lawrence O'Donnell's been listening to this podcast. Because, I, I mean, it's so. not, not a hard conclusion to draw. I'm not saying that he stole it from <laughs> us or anything like that in all seriousness. But it was we were saying the same thing. We're talking about not very bright guys and things got out of hand. You can right. apply that to the White House plumbers. You can apply that to Donald Trump and all the nincompoops that orbit around him. And mm -hmm. so th that I was relieved to see that, that we were kind of on the right track with all of that as confirmed by Lawrence O'Donnell. They, and when I say they, I mean mainly Trump, have left a trail of breadcrumbs, a trail of evidence uh, yeah. against uh, him. So meantime, Hunter Biden will plead guilty to $1.2 million in tax violations and a gun charge getting two years probation and in order to enter a rehab-type program in exchange for wiping the gun charge. That's a far cry right, from yeah. the allegations from the, you know, uh, MAGA Republicans, uh, Of et course it is. Of yeah. course it is. And, and uh, maybe this gives them something to chew on. Uh, but uh, like I said, the, the, like you just said, the, the gun charge is ultimately dropped here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the tax evasion thing, he can afford that, I, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people have come to his aid. A lot of attorneys from across the country have come to his aid just because they see what the Republicans are doing to him and they don't like it and they want to stop it. And so he's got a good legal team. Yeah. Uh, this was a way, I think, to get this behind us, mm -hmm. to make it less of an issue in his dad's reelection campaign. Yeah. Uh, it, it won't go away completely no. for them, but, but it, it, in the minds of a lot of Americans who don't follow things closely, uh, I think, okay, well, they've, they've taken care of Hunter. You know, uh, yeah. it, it, it may give them the vengeance they sought. Yeah, that may scratch the itch. But as uh -huh. you said, I think the Republicans will continue their sure, ridiculous sure. investigations. Yeah, because, they'll continue. Yeah. But, but everything, everything else, I mean, okay, basically what Hunter Biden is saying here through his attorneys is, okay, these things I did. Yeah, yeah. The other things, no. Right. And the other things are so 
bizarre and so unsubstantiated, including that Joe Biden took a $10,000 bribe. Uh, so says a guy who told a guy and they're all dead now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, that's, they got nothing. They really, I mean, they'll, they'll, they're very good at running with nothing. They mm-hmm. will continue to run with nothing, but that's all they have left is nothing. And bear in mind, too, that the Republican point, the intention of all of this, is not necessarily to uh, find Hunter Biden crimes. It's to feed the Republican media apparatus, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. That's what this is primarily about. It's a uh, Ouroboros of disinformation, where the Republicans mm-hmm. feed it to the uh, Red Hat podcasters and websites and then they feed that back into the people and then the people vote for the politicians who feed it back to the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. You get the you get the idea here. I do. It's a centi- political centipede, yes. Yes, exactly. The human centipede of right. nonsense, yeah. Uh, so your regular reminder that RFK Jr. is a kook. They're, uh, he's back with the anti-vax thing because he's pretending to run for president at this point, which he's not, Uh by the way, he's not going to win a single primary caucus. He'll get a couple of delegates because that's just the way the system works. Usually people who challenge get, you know, a few nominal delegates, not a big deal, but in terms of the anti-vax shit, he went on uh, Joe Rogan and that turned into calls to have this scientist debate RFK Jr. on the Joe Rogan show. And, I just want to say something about that particular thing so we're all clear about what this kind of a debate is all about, whether it's the context of this or some other issue on some other show. Mm -hmm. These show debates are nothing but pie fights. They solve nothing. No minds are ever changed. No one is ever convinced. There's never any clear winner. The reason why Joe Rogan wants to do this is it'll be good for podcast downloads. It'll be good for publicity. There is no intention here to find the truth. to serve the public, yeah. Exactly. It's to platform the disinformation being spread by RFK Jr. That's what this is all about. It has nothing to do with uh, making sure the human population is healthy and protected from whatever. And and red hats are now stalking the house of uh, this scientist, this doctor, pediatrician, Peter Hotez. I'm not sure. Yeah, Peter Hotez, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, He has done so much good in the world. uh, caring for uh, children and others, uh, children in, in foreign countries uh, who uh, need medicine. Uh, he's uh, dedicated his life to making and keeping people healthy. And now Red Hats, because of the taunting from Elon Musk and Joe Rogan uh, and others, uh, uh, to get uh, Dr. Hotez to, to debate them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and what what is it we're debating exactly? They want to debate vaccines, but what about that isn't settled yet? Yeah. You know, who, what about that uh, tells us we don't know who was right and who was wrong? Uh, th- as you said, this is just for ratings, and it's just for show, and uh, it's it's very unfortunate that a scientist would be targeted like this. Yeah. Well, these guys, what they like to do is they like to find, you know, if you hear that old commercial for, I forget which chewing gum it was, but nine out of ten dentist surveyed <laughs> right, said that right. they recommend this and that. Well, what these guys do is they go to that tenth Right. <laughs> Expert oh, yeah. who same with climate change. Who same, disagrees same with thing. the other nine. And then they say, right. Well, okay, well, this one person out of the other out of ten, this one out of ten 
has something to say. So let's listen to that person. They've, they've done it with the argument over evolution. They've done yeah. it with the argument over climate change. Right. And uh, they did it and continue to do it with what's left of the argument over vaccines. Yeah. And bear in mind, this is something else that RFK Jr. said some time ago. This is during the initial vaccine mandate debate and all that shit, the mask mandate debate. He said... They're going to have the right to compel unwanted medical interventions on us. The Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. Uh, Well, that gets one of these because this is nothing like what happened in the concentration camps. There is no comparison between the Holocaust... And sitting here between watching, you know, binge watching Netflix, go over to the grocery store and get a vaccine. And that's like the goddamn Holocaust. Are you kidding me? This thing from RFK Jr., this one statement alone Mm -hmm. is like one dial click away from being Alex Jones shrieking about satanic lesbians. That's how kooky this is. I I admire Dr. Hotez for saying I'm not going to go on the Jerry Springer show because that's that's what it would ultimately be. And you know what? Uh, We should get to this too. Yeah, uh, ratings and profit are are definitely big motives for both Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. But uh, what they're doing besides raising their own profiles is raising the profile of RFK Jr. And I really think that's their mission. Yeah. And, and so I think, Bob, it bears us repeating the warning that we've given before and we should keep giving uh, that uh, Democratic voters, progressive voters need to be keenly aware of what we're up against here. Because in addition to the usual gerrymandering and voter suppression and all the other ways Republicans have learned to cheat, yeah. uh, we, we now have uh, these so-called third-party candidates. And we have, uh, if I may mention it, the No Labels Party yeah. uh, coming up. Uh, if they launch a candidate like uh, Manchin or Cinema. Uh, for president, uh, all these things do, as you pointed out, they're, they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Their purpose, and specifically the purpose of uh, the No Labels Party, is to siphon off votes from Biden so Trump will win. Yeah. I have some good news about that, if I may share. Sure. Uh, Democrats and anti Trump Republicans have joined together to fight the no labels party. Good. The, the, some of the some of the best minds from the Republican party, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Stop laughing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of the best minds from the Democratic party are meeting and discussing a common goal, something they totally have in common. Neither of them ever wants Donald Trump to be president of the United States ever 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 again. And so I'm heartened to know that Democratic and Republican leaders are working together to try to quash the threat posed by the No Labels Party and by RFK Jr. and anybody else who's running. Uh, these just they, these candidacies do one thing and one thing only, and that siphon votes off of Biden so Trump can win. And the important message for voters here is, is not only do we have to overcome the usual hurdles in the upcoming election, we have to jump even higher this time. Yeah, yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this is about either intentionally or unintentionally 
helping Donald Trump become president again. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's no labels or whether it's RFK Jr. or whether it's right. Marianne Williamson or any of the contrarian weirdos who support these people. Totally. The intention, irrespective of what that is, will result in a certain thing if they're successful. And that is Donald Trump becomes president again. So you have to seriously take a look at the motivations of these people. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, we don't want that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Do, None do of us not want. want. Yeah. Do not want. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know what? Here's something I do not want. Uh-huh. When I mention RFK Jr. on Twitter, what I do yeah. not want is a bunch of people in the <laughs> replies going, oh, he's got a funny sounding voice. Now, he's got a disorder. And it's, I think it's unfair oh, to tease him for his voice. He's got, yeah, he's got something called spasmodic dysphonia. And that's what his, that's what makes his voice sound a little bit like Catherine Hepburn, that kind of warbly voice. Oh, I see. Yeah. And, and so it's not, he's not putting anything on. It's not a thing. It's not a place we should go. There are enough right. wacky things that he says. That that I think that will suffice as far as attacking RFK Jr. I I want to I want to suppress any attempt to give him oxygen. That's yeah. what this debate challenge is all about: is oh, giving yeah. his campaign oxygen. Uh, he's trying other ways, and others are trying to help him find ways to get oxygen and get publicity, get exposure. And I want to suppress that as much as possible for yeah. the potential damage he can do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's using the fact that uh, there's so much. Uh, there's so much drive to, toward reach and engagement and downloads when it comes to these podcasts and the way social media handles things. He's just riding that wave is what he's doing. That's what RFK Jr. That's what the No Labels is doing. Marianne Williamson is doing that. They're playing into this whole new uh, arena where uh, everything is driven by social media branding, etc. And that's certainly what Joe Rogan is doing, for sure. So... Don't miss the fact that this is just a show that they're right. putting on. That's at the center of all of this. Okay. Carnival. Lots to, uh, more to talk about here. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, on the big shadow docket today. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash Bob Siska show. Sign up for $5 a month. Zuckerberg and Twitter news. Bernie Carrick news. So much more to talk about. Sign up for the shadow docket. We'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.